I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right, today I want to welcome Vicki Winkler. She has spent 35 years in marketing positions in corporate, nonprofit, education, and as an entrepreneur. She believes that spectacular branding and graphic design is a secret weapon of success. Many businesses that underestimate the importance and the power of branding uh, and stellar marketing materials are left behind. Don't underestimate that. Her career journey has taken her through all facets of the marketing world and lives by the philosophy of have no regrets. But in the process, we learned a little bit about things outside the marketing world that we're going to discuss. Looking forward to the discussion. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show. Excellent. So let's start with not marketing. Uh, you were... Or maybe this was, maybe it wasn't. You were in Nicaragua. What were you doing in Nicaragua? Yeah. So I was in the Peace Corps uh, in my late 20s. And um, it was kind of marketing related because I did go down with the title of small business consultant. Um, but what's funny is that small business definition of a small business in Nicaragua is a heck of a lot different than a small business in the United States. How's that? So a small so small business owners uh, in Nicaragua it was very very simplistic. Um, one of my I guess you could say clients it was actually I lived in the house with the family and in the front of the house they had a um, a small a small business where they they just sold sundry items. Uh, they sold kerosene by the scoopful. They sold um, blankets. They sold some food items. Uh, it would just be anything that basically they could go to the market or find and uh, and resell. And so there was just really basic principles of accounting that they did not understand that no one had taught them. No one had said that if you go to the market. So here's a funny story. So everyone was I was noticing as I first started working with them um, and basically I lived in the house. So I would just kind of wander up to the top uh, or to the front of the house and into the into the shop and um, and observe. And so what I noticed was that there was a lineup of people to buy kerosene from them. And I thought, wow. And they said, well, yeah, we got the best price. Um, we're the lowest price in the village. And so this is where everybody comes. And so I said, well, you know, let's talk about that. And so the bottom line is we figured out that by them, the gas money that they were using to take the old truck to wherever they got this kerosene uh, and then to bring it back and then sell it, that they were losing money on every mm. cup full that they sold, they were losing money. 
And so it was just a real eye opener. But again, no one had ever taught them the basic principles of um, revenue and expense. And so it was just just that one small thing that and then, of course, they started to look at everything they were selling and realizing that they uh, that they needed to raise their prices or they needed to reduce expenses. They needed to um, uh you put trips together as they were going to market, maybe make sure you couple that with a trip uh, somewhere else that you're taking um, and other products that you're picking up. So just really fundamentals, um, but made such a huge difference in their in, in the way that they ran things and 100% in the way they ran everything that they were doing. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of businesses, you don't have to be a business in Nicaragua to be missing some of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, I see, I see, um, I'm actually working on some content right now talking about stop chasing the shiny objects. People are excited about AI. I think AI is wonderful. I think it's powerful. <laughs> I'm a paid subscriber to ChatGPT, but it's only as good as your fundamentals if you don't have the fundamentals in place. And so it seems like that's what you were teaching these, uh, these folks. Yeah, absolutely. And and it happens to even seasoned business owners like myself, missing things that then all of a sudden uh, someone teaches you, you hear in a workshop, you see on social media, whatever it might be, you're in a networking group and you meet somebody and someone says something and you're like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Um, and that's happened to me many times over the years. So it's kept me open to know that I definitely do not have all the answers and that there might be something really fundamental that I've been missing uh, that I need to keep my ears and eyes open for. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a good lesson for all of us. So now I know this is not chronological. I think you had done this prior to Nicaragua, but you work for some car company that I imagine there's a number of people have never heard of this car company in the U S what was, where'd you work? Yeah. At Saturn corporation. Saturn. Now, again, for those that don't remember it or have never heard of it, what was Saturn? Oh, gosh. So, well, it it was a um, the parent company was General Motors, but it was its own separate uh, subsidy. So it wasn't a division of General Motors, but it was going to basically take the car market by storm. It, you know, our whole full, it was a whole different philosophy of you know, not negotiating. Can you imagine going into a car dealership and not negotiating at all? But that's what Saturn said. We're not going to negotiate. We had um, set standard policy procedures of how things were going to happen, um, customer service. And it really, it was such an exciting time. And, and that whole experience is what has created the fundamental for me, that baseline of about target markets. And Saturn was very specific about how they put together their advertising and and their dealerships and everything that they did was very focused on target markets and did a lot of analysis of the different areas they were going into and where they were going to locate the dealerships. And a lot of these dealerships were, were created, built from ground up. Um, so it was a really exciting time. Everybody was, I just felt like everyone there was just energized and, and and moving down to Spring Hill, Tennessee, where they had built this entire factory in the middle of nowhere um, in this beautiful, pristine um, farmland down in Tennessee. Um, and that was just, it was just like this whole convoy of people from Detroit kind of moving down to this area in Tennessee and taking up residence and building homes and raising their families. And um, boy, it was a really special time. I just, I don't think that the world was ready for it. 
Um, and so eventually uh, Saturn did not uh, exist anymore. Um, but uh, my first car, my first brand new car was a Saturn. It was a Saturn station wagon because I was an outdoors gal. I loved hiking and going and traveling. And so I had my Saturn station wagon and uh, it, was a, it was a great time. It was a wonderful experience. It really developed a lot of my philosophies for how I conduct business and how I consult with my clients today. That's, that's fascinating. So I've, I was actually at that plant um, a month ago. Yeah, I was, I was at that plant a month ago. And it, like you said, it's absolutely gorgeous. So I, I, I have family in the area and rumor was there was a new road that went through the, the plant that would take me into the back, uh, back road where the neighbors, uh, where my family lived and ended up just getting this big tour of the plant. But in the front is like an old Southern, you know, house that's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So what, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious. I just, you know, noticed one day I quit seeing Saturns. I remember they were around for years and years. And then, and then one day they just kind of disappeared. What's from your perspective, what happened there? I, I just think that the traditional way of running business, um, the, the whole negotiating, the way that dealers are structured, that, uh, that people just weren't ready for it. The dealers weren't ready for it. They, it was so, it was, I guess for them, so different from the way that they were used to conducting business um, with, you know, um, side deals and you know, field reps um, out there you know, just really, um, I don't even know how many field reps, but we were really strong on having field reps out there helping the dealers. Um, and so, so, I, you know, I don't know all the, all the ins and outs of why I was surprised myself that it, um, that it didn't make it. So it was unfortunate. So you say that what you did there kind of set the uh, groundwork for what you do now. What, how, in what ways? Yeah. Oh, in so many ways. You know, in the you know in the advertising department, you know, we were always trying to be on the cutting edge, doing things differently, yet not like I always say, you want to you want to play in the same sandbox, but you want to stand apart. So you don't want to be outside the sandbox. So we always had to make sure that in all the things that in the advertising that we were doing, that we were still being unique, but yet we weren't like seeing, you know, oh gosh, is this a car company? And so, and actually some of our ads sometimes kind of were on the fringe of that. Um, you know, we would have these beautiful iconic shots of the car driving down past the Spring Hill plant and um, and, you know, these, these beautiful vistas. And so sometimes, you know, in the warm, the music and the, the hail Riney voice, that really iconic voice that came to be known for Saturn, who was the, uh, Hal Riney was the president of the ad agency. Um, that was another thing too, is we used an ad agency that none of the other car companies had used. We didn't use any of the Detroit ad, ad agencies. So just trying to do things outside the box. Um, and so that was, that was a lot of the really cool stuff. And so, I mean, I try to teach my clients that too. And that's exactly what we talk about is, you know, you need to still be within your industry, but you need to stand out just enough, but not too far out that people are like, is this even a heating cooling company? Uh, you know, so you don't want to be too far out. Um, but yet you still want to stand apart and it's okay to do some things that are a little edgy, just not too edgy where people are offended by what you do. So I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And, and the whole thing about target markets. And, um, I met with a client just last night and, um, 
I don't want to give specifics in case he listens to the podcast. Um, but basically what he kind of came in with, his approach was, well, I, I want to brand my this new company. And I like this kind of music. And I like these colors. And I went to college here. And so I like, you know, the way that they did their logo. And I say, yeah, that's all great. But what is your target market like? What do, what what attracts them? Who are they? And his target market is not at all his his bag what who he is is not his target market and so uh so we talked about that it was really just a whole paradigm shift for him uh, he he you know he thought well i'm going to develop a logo and i'm going to have it look like this album cover uh and so well no because your target audience is not that that's not in their wheelhouse at all that's not in their brain that's not in in their brand uh set of what they're going to be looking for so um so that too you know that just that whole real focus on target marketing yeah. Well, and I think that's a, you know, a, a common mistake. You know, I was having some exchanges on LinkedIn this morning of, you know, people not, not looking at the world through their customer's eyes mm-hmm. and, and your world changes. You see things differently. Um, and so the question is, are, are you in business for yourself or are you in business for them? Right. Right. Yeah. And I would say you're, you're, you have to think that you're in business for them, that everything you do, you know, we're going down to a trade show in November and we're putting together a a little brochure and some other marketing materials. And we kept having to say, well, we know what we do. We know what's great about us, but what matters to them? And it's a whole different it's a whole different paradigm shift and you have to do it constantly. You have to always be putting yourself in their shoes. You know, when you're sending an email to a prospective client, you have to think, well, what's important to them? What's, you know, and, you know, for us, a lot of times, you know, we provide graphic design, branding and printing, but what do we really do is we help people to take the burden and the stress off of them having to do that themselves. And we give them the confidence that it's going to be done right. And it's going to be done right the first time. And so that alone, it's, so it's that alleviation of stress. I mean, that's really what we do for them in their daily lives and they're in running their businesses. Yeah. No, and that's, that's so awesome. You know, one of my eye-opening moments was a couple of years ago after I got out of the hospital, I was in a wheelchair and I discovered how hard it is to get into a restroom in a wheelchair. And it's bizarre when I tell people, I just told somebody Sunday there, they start, they're like, is the door not wide enough? Or is it the turn? I'm like, no, there's the spring on the door that whose mission is to keep you out. <laughs> and, and it was hard, but it's something that you don't see until you're in that position. And the, you know, and so one of the things I think people should do is they should uh, be their own customer. They should go through their own sales process right? and see what it feels like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things too, that we often tell our clients, you know, um, if you like, especially our rebranding clients, like if you think that maybe your brand isn't working, well, it probably hasn't been working for a couple of years. And so it's that really honest assessment that really step back and ask maybe a few other people what they think, because sometimes people won't ask because they are afraid what the answer is going to be. 
Um, but really kind of, and it's hard. You have to, you have to set time aside. And that's why one of the, uh, the resources that we have on our website, we are really adamant on having assessment tools because um, people need that time to kind of step away and look and spend a little quiet time and really look at, at their, you know, their brand, their marketing materials and decide, you know, hey, maybe some of these aren't working. Um, and especially if it's been a while, because we do, we get really used to our own stuff and we get comfortable. And um, if you've done a presentation and you've had the same presentation slide deck for five years, uh, you probably need to change it up. Um, and, uh, you know, and once you do, you're going to breathe new life into it. And um, same with same with rebranding and companies and redoing materials is that you you breathe new life into them and you become more excited about your business. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about leadership. You know, so in your journey, what what are some leadership lessons that you've learned? Well, I think one of the most important one for me happened a few years ago with my own team is we started to recognize that there was a certain kind of client base that we we really enjoyed working with. Um, we did well. They were happy. They loved paying us for they found great value in what we did. And then there was a there was kind of a group of clients type of clients that were um we did well, but they just weren't really ones that we we enjoyed as much. And so I sat everybody on my team down and I individually and I asked them, what do you really enjoy working on when you're here on a daily basis? What would be your favorite kind of project to work on every day? Um, and funny thing is that what all of my staff said individually was all a little different, um, but they were all the most profitable jobs that we had. And so we said, well, that's awesome. Well, this is perfect. So what we've really been going after the last couple of years um, is just those kind of clients um, that fell into those core of the ones that everyone enjoyed working on. We did well and were profitable for us. And it just, again, it did that whole re-energizing of the team. So now when I walk in, I say, hey, you guys, I'm going down to this trade show and um they're all so excited, not because I'm going to be out of the office and maybe they can do what they want while I'm gone, um, but because they know I'm doing that to bring in the right kind of work that's going to just be ones that everyone enjoys working on. And that they also know that the more profitable the company is, that's that means raises around for everybody. Um, yeah. So it's a win-win. And it's really, I mean, everybody's just so much more excited about the direction that the company is going and just really supportive of the the things that I do, you know, I'll get out of a Zoom call. They'll be, you know, they'll overhear me in a Zoom call and they'll be like, wow, that sounded like that went really well. That that could be really good for us. Um, as opposed to just kind of sitting at their desk, kind of doing their design work. And um, they know that I'm really going to bat for them. So I think that that's important. Well, I would imagine that's very encouraging. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, can you think of a, a time, a white knuckled moment where you feel mm -hmm. like your leadership was put to the test. You know, the yeah. you're faced with some decision. You had to do something that was scary. What was it? And how did it work out? Gosh, yeah. Well, there was a time a number of years ago, maybe four years ago, that we had, there was a client that we had been working with that was giving us a great deal of work. Um, it was keeping um, a couple of our employees busy. Um, it, they really enjoyed the work. And we were doing really good for the client. But now it was a client that I had kind of grandfathered in at a low hourly rate. 
And so it got to the point where we had not raised the rate. We, we raised the rate a little bit. And she was like, oh, the client was like, oh, okay, well, we're not so happy about that. But we got to the point where I said, we're just going to have to raise her rate to such and such. And I went to the client and, and I knew before I went to the client that there was a potential that she could say, well, then we're going to pull the plug. And so I had to kind of, I, I, I had to get myself worked up for that and ready for plan B. And so it was really, and, and my staff knew what was happening. And I went in and I said, okay, you guys, I'm going to tell her today that we're going to raise the rate. And I'm pretty sure I know what she's going to say, um, that she's not going to utilize our services anymore, but I have a plan B and here's what it is. And we're going to be fine. We're going to make it, we're going to make it work. And we were all very nervous uh, and it happened. So I went in, I talked to the client and the client said, okay, I'm going to keep you on for another four months. And then we're going to hire our in-house graphic designers to do the work. And I said, okay. So it gave us a little bit of time. But what happened in those few months as we were um, down, you know, dwindling down in the work that we were doing for her is we got a new client that was something we hadn't quite done a lot of before. Um, it turns out that that client replaced all of the revenue from this current client because they were paying us double the hourly rate for the same amount of work. And so that experience not only solidified with my staff that we can get through whatever is thrown at us and that Vicki is going to make it work. She's going to go to, she's going to go to bat for us. She's going to dig her heels in. Uh, she's going to work hard and she's going to, she's going to turn this around. And so I think it gave them confidence in me as a leader. Um, but also just sort of that, that faith that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to take those risks and you don't know what's going to happen on the other end, uh, but you have to do it. And sometimes it doesn't always go so well. And sometimes we go through times where we will lose a client and it's kind of like a little bit dry for a while, but it always comes back and we always make it work. So that was just a real pivotal moment for me. Um, and, uh, and I had to, I had to just kind of nervous and sweating bolts as I was, I had to show to my staff hey, we're going to be okay. I might turn around, walk out the door and sob because I didn't know what was going on. And I was terrified what was going to happen and, and terrified that I was maybe going to have to let people go because that's really what I never want to do is let good people go. So it all worked out. Um, and uh, so that was just, but it was, it was just, that was a tough time for us. That was a scary time. I bet. Well, what an encouraging story, Vicki. I appreciate you sharing it. And um Appreciate you coming on Leaders and Legacies. Um, how do people reach you? Yeah, so the best way is uh, is our website, which is www.tms.marketing. There's no .com in the end. And if you go to your con the Contact Us page, uh, you can get a hold of us there. Or you can email me directly at Vicky V-I-C-K-Y, at tms.marketing. And I definitely encourage people to go to our free resources page because there's a lot of DIY kind of tools that you can download and do some assessments and uh, and just kind of decide, you know, for yourself if your marketing is on the right track. Well, Vicki, I hope people do reach out. Um, I love your philosophy. Love, uh, love your story. What a fascinating journey you've been on. And thank you for sharing it today on Leaders and Legacies. Awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. 
If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.